ready for this? How the folks let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Forget about all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 67 of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. I forgot to say this. Word to your mother, by the way. I'm sure she was hoping for that. Word to your mother. It's two of us today coming to you virtually. As always, it is your boy, Chris Mitchum, manager of Team Fairlife, and I'm with my other friend here, Aaron Hunt, manager of Let Russ Microwave. How are we doing, sir? Hey, what's popping, Chris? What's going on, man? How you doing? I see you rocking the Colts gear. That's right. I like it. What a Bleed time, blue, baby. What a time to be alive, dude. What a time to be alive. Tim is out this week, but hope to get him back here soon. And we have a packed show for you as always. Week three is in the books already, so we're going to break down that and what was a very high scoring week, um, particularly for two members of this league, which we will get into here soon. Just a little preview. Two of the top three highest single-game scores in this league history happened this week. Two. Two of them. Two times. And if you've been following the show for a while, if you've been following the power rankings, you probably have a good idea of which two teams accomplish that feat. And we will break that down. And, of course, we have a power rankings for you after week three. We have the always surefire this league guarantee for you this week. And, of course, a week four preview before we do that drinks of the week Aaron what are you bringing to the table this week what are we sipping on well given that we are podcasting at uh an hour that yeah this is weird I don't think we've ever podcasted up before it is 4 30 right now <laughs> uh PM. middle of the day yeah. on on Thursday um so no alcohol as of yet I I am very much still in hydration mode up until Thursday night football then that is when I will promptly crack open a Miller Lite. Actually, on the sound of that, I am currently drinking a Miller Lite. You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning, but I have not <laughs> been drinking since the morning. This is my first one, but I'm fired to talk about some football. Miller Lite gets me going, and that's what we're And you got a on. you got a pregame law school class coming that's up here true. soon. I do. I have to go to law school later. Like this this does feel really weird. The fact the sun is out and we're talking about football, it's it's kind of weird. I think it's got me more gassed up than usual. You know what's going to happen is you're going to be sitting there tonight at like 10 o'clock and you're like, something's off. It's because you're not potting at that hour. I know. You're going to have all, you're gonna have all this energy and like you could, you could go to bed or you're probably going to be watching the game, but it's like, this doesn't feel right. Me and my girlfriend have a date night tonight, so that's probably, I'm just going to be talking to her about our league the whole time. I'd be like, I got to get oh, this yeah. energy out. <laughs> yeah. How, how was the waiver day, babe? That's, that's right. So check out <laughs> check out this, which Hayden did claim Callan Austin over me today. I was a little upset about that. Good claim by you, sir. Um, but yeah, before we get into the week three review, how about those Colts, baby? Colt, go Colts. Are we for real? We just beat an undefeated Ravens team, granted 2-0. But like, Dude. Sh- are we? Should we be thinking playoffs right now? I'm not trying to get too excited, but our schedule's booty. Our division's kind of booty. We're currently at the top of the division, and we got to win. Which I think is a good thing to see that I think we play better when we do have Anthony Richardson. So that's actually a good thing. 
um, yeah. and look forward to bringing him back. But like, what are your expectations now? Are we, are we good? I mean, don't look now, but we might have a bit of an in in the AFC South, the Jaguars. And I'll get into this a lot during the pod when we talk about matchups and the players specifically, but them Jacksonville Jaguars are not what we thought, man. Uh, we thought that they would be head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in the AFC South. And that is just not the case. Houston Texans on offense are popping. CJ Stroud. Like, what's going on? Yeah. OH, baby. So, he looks great. Yeah. He looks better than Fields, which everybody thought coming into this year. Like, so there's just some narratives that are really turning on its head. And I do think, uh, yeah, I think the expectation is as long as AR can stay healthy and our squad for the most part, if we get JT back, especially, and he gets his head on straight. I mean, look out for the Colts, man. I, I think wild card isn't too much to ask. Uh, playoffs. I'm all about the playoffs, baby. I'm I'm already building my high expectations to eventually be crushed, but we haven't had this much excitement in like five years. So, give us something here. All right. And hey, you'll be at you'll be at the game Sunday, so you got to give us some mojo there. I sure will. I sure will. Well, let's go ahead. Enough of the real football talk. Let's get to the fantasy football talk because that's what real men do. Yes, sir. Let's Let's get in to the week three review. I said a lot of questions were going to be answered this week, but a question that we did not have coming into week three is the first matchup that we were going to get into a clash of Chipotle members. It was Aaron Hunt and let Russ Microwave taking on Clayton and the Red Rocket. Both of these teams Coming in at one and one, Clayton already off the schneid for the season. You love to hear that, but I said there wasn't a question to be answered because there wasn't a question of who was going to win this game coming into this because we are going to start with the biggest margin of victory of the week. And like I said, a lot of people... I'm so sorry, Clayton. A lot of people could have seen this one coming. We had one versus nine in the power rankings, and Aaron puts up the second highest point total in this league history with a 198 point performance to a Clayton 101 we're breaking 100 we love to see it but goodness gracious nobody only one other team which I think was also Aaron's which is the number one highest scorer of all time but no other team in this league history would have won this week let alone Clayton and how did he do it how about four players breaking 30 and two of those players breaking 40. And to make it even more crazy, what if I told you that Aaron got to nearly 200 points with five points from Gus Edwards, seven points from Mark Andrews, and four points from T. Higgins? Like two of those guys you expect to at least get you double digits every week. And Gus Edwards, you know, no Saquon, no Austin Eckler. You had to play what was in front of you. But I'm talking a 45-point bomb from Raheem Mostert, 30 points from Tyreek Hill, 19 points from Amon Ross St. Brown, 42 points from Devontae Adams. Good God. All of that adding up to 198. And to do all of this without Saquon and Austin Eckler as well, both of who are expected to return soon, I think there's a reason why you are the number one in the power rankings, and you showed it this week. As for Clayton, he continues to show signs of life in the very least. Jordan Love is sneakily... The quarterback number four. I know he's only 24, 
But would you be looking to trade him if you're Clayton? Or do you actually think you have like a little gold nugget here that you've been sitting on for a while and now that he's performing, he's the quarterback number four in all of fantasy? I think if you're Clayton, you, you got to look at what the offers are at least out there because you're, there's no way that Jordan Love supplants Joe Burrow. Right. I know Joe Burrow's been hurt. He's had the calf injury. Like There's just not been a lot going his way this year, but – yeah, I, I would be fielding offers for sure because there's some teams in the league that desperately need a QB. As would I. And I'm like I said, he's only 24. If you if you would have made me guess, I would have guessed like Jordan Love was like 26, 27. But he's still mm-hmm. a baby, man. I didn't realize he came out of college so early. Um, and as for Clayton's running back core, obviously the best running back on his team, Damian. P- oh, wait, it's actually Zach Moss of your Indianapolis Colts. Colt, go Colts. Zach freaking Moss. Man. 30 carries, Aaron Hunt. 30 oh carries. And he even had a wheel route down the sideline. Gardner Minshew drops it in the bucket over the shoulder. Like, who is this guy? That was such a dime, dude. That I saw that throw live. It was so good. Zach Moss is out here balling, <laughs> man. And maybe even more so than Jordan Love. Are you trying to capitalize on a trade for Zach Moss? Especially before Jordan, uh, Jonathan Taylor supposedly comes back on week five. I know oh, there's still a lot of uncertainty there. Absolutely. Zach Moss is a wounded duck and just <laughs> ready to be landed eventually. Like, he's going to run out. This is nice. And, you know, he might be a whole season thing, potentially. Like, maybe he carved out a bit of a timeshare with JT when he comes back. Yeah. But, yeah, if I'm if I'm Clayton, I'm sending him to a contender immediately and you know, maybe getting a decent return back. Like if you get a second for him, I am I am smashing except on that. Or or I awesome. mean, what if what if he got like a a young receiver that has promise, yeah. you know? Like you know, maybe like a I don't know, Jahan Dotson type guy. Yeah. Something like that. That's true. So, you look at Don Miles Sanders maybe isn't as everything he wanted him to be. Um but unfortunately for Clayton heading back to this matchup, the rest of his squad kind of showed their true colors. I mean, Drake London with five, Nico Collins with five, Dawson Knox with two, Tyler Algier with four. Um, you know, I feel like that's more of what you expect from Clayton, unfortunately, in this current state of his teams. But the silver lining is I think he, she's shown, he's shown that he has the potential to have a decent total on any given week and potentially even spike up to a 120, 130. Because imagine if, you know, Nico Collins had a good week or Tyler Algier had a really good week. Like, he has now, I think, what he didn't have before, which is he has the potential to surprise somebody. I would say last week, last year, he he didn't really have that, unfortunately. But this year, I certainly think that on any given week, he could shock somebody. So again, your total or your final score there, 198 to 101. Congrats, Aaron. Second highest score ever. You moved to two and one. Clayton falls to one and two. Yeah, and again. You know, shout out to Clayton. He's starting to cook with getting at least over 100 points per week on, you know, his fantasy output totals. So uh, I think he just ran into a a team that's pretty hot right now and myself. And when you go up against me or Anthony uh, right now, it's going to be a tough order. But we'll move on. So the next game is Chris and Team Fairlight. Let's go, baby. Uh, 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 We're one and one. Taking on Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, a top two team in the league. 
a Chipotle divisional clash. He's at two and zero. And guys, I mean, this was just an old fashioned beat down. <laughs> I came for the king, and I missed. And Anthony showed his colors in a positive way and why he really is a top two team in this league. And he's probably going to be a top two team the rest of the season, barring injury. I mean, where do I begin here? Ceiling games pretty much everywhere. Keenan Allen with a 46 burger, Lamar with 26, JJ with 28, CMC with 22, Cooper with 25 and then just top it off little cherry on top with Kelsey with 20 with Taylor Swift in the house gosh goodness gracious I mean just getting hit from all angles but that's so many haymakers and sticking with Keenan Allen for a second he looks like an absolute difference maker for Anthony this year and no signs of slowing down 20 targets is just incredible that's Over Puka 200 numbers. yards. That's Puka numbers indeed. <laughs> Over 200 yards, so dominant. And Chris, the scary part, Mike Williams just got hurt and is out for the year. Yeah. So this may not even be his peak. I, I think the, the, the only cold water I could throw on Keenan Allen, as I think you've seen with when Austin Eckler comes back, they both kind of share that same area of the field, the short-ish yeah. targets and the dump downs that Justin Herbert likes to do. I think Austin Eckler will eat into those. But as you mentioned it, I mean, Quentin Johnson hasn't shown anything. And Joshua Palmer's always been, like, kind of disappointing. Like, you never expect a lot, but it's also like, you know, you're, you're not really a big ceiling play. So I definitely think the upside's still there. Yeah, Joshua Palmer's just kind of a guy. And, you know, we'll see if he can step up some in the absence of Mike Williams, but probably not going to fill that void the way that they would like. Uh, so really, yeah, just don't see much of a weakness for Anthony up and down the lineup. And a key thing to also point out is it looks like he did find his second flex. That'll be a consistent starter and Zay flowers. Who's only going to get better as the season goes on. So up and down the lineup, Anthony's a juggernaut. You knew that going in. Yeah, and for behind, you, Chris, behind Zay, he doesn't really have much on the bench. I mean, you have Ramondre; he's been a little disappointing, but still, that's a really good depth piece, I think. And if considering his running back depth last year, I think he would be very happy to say he has a running back with the quality of Ramondre Stevenson on his bench right now. Yeah, and making that trade with Tim to get those running back pieces, I think, was the right move, especially just you know, given how uh, the Cowboys' offense looked against. Uh, the Cardinals last that week. That a, was that was so weird. That was a weird game. So for you, Chris, though, obviously you knew it'd be an uphill battle coming in, but there was just too much firepower to overcome in this one. Calvin Ridley really did you dirty. That was super disappointing. I'm not sure what's going on with the Jags' offense. I'm the owner of Trevor Lawrence, and I benched him this past week in favor of Kirk Cousins. And I'm probably going to stick with Cousins, man. I, yeah. I just I don't know what's happening. Hopefully, some London magic can happen. They've got two consecutive games in London, so it'll be, they'll be there for like three weeks. They're playing there twice in a row? Twice in a row. Yeah. What? That's yeah, weird. which is pr- pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's London's team. That's kind of – they mark them as, you know, that is their team. So Why? In I don't know. Like, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> and anyway. and if 
if any of you from our league ever go to Jacksonville, Florida for anything, like it's just funny that London and Jacksonville are being married because like Jacksonville is the furthest thing from London. Right. It's just the most random city and the most random yeah. team. Like, uh, I don't know. Got yeah. Me. It's, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Um, James Cook though, looks really good. Where are his touchdown opportunities is my biggest question there. That, I mean, James Cook could have had a monster game if he just gets maybe a few goal line carries. I mean, just once they get inside the 20s, they just look to other people, which is confusing to me. The rest of your squad really didn't do all that bad. You just had a lot of floor outputs that any given week will keep you competitive. I mean, I would argue 120 points against half the league is probably going to, you know, you're you're going to be within striking distance of a win. But, I mean, this really was just a case of a good team and Chris going up against just an unbelievable performance from Anthony. And I, I think there's a lot of, of brighter days ahead for you, Chris, in this one. But nonetheless, final score, Team Uninspired Youth, 197. The third team. highest point total in this league history. Imagine if you played Anthony this week. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And your your boy team Fairlife, as he likes to say, 121. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say though that the official this league eyeball emoji of the week, he's on the bench, one game, already the running back six in fantasy football. <laughs> Mr. Devon A. Chan. The new A. Chan. Man, I, I was A. about Chan. to say, I was going to correct you if you didn't do that. Yes. Do I, I will miss texting people the letter A and then the chain emoji because that's all I did. I was just like, A. Chan. A. Chan. Boom. But it's A. Chan. So we'll have to learn to live with that. Um, 51 points, man. Um, just for other listeners out there, I think he, you had a lot of people in redraft leagues drop just maybe their whole fat budget on him. He goes up against Buffalo next week, and he had a couple, I think, um, kind of factors lean his way. I know Salvin Ahmed was out, um, but what's your opinion on A-Chan going forward? Is he like, okay, put him in your lineup over anybody that's not a stud and ride this out, or are you trying to wait another week and find out, or are you trying to trade for him? What are, what are you trying to do? So I think we have to retrace our steps in the Kyle Shanahan tree to understand maybe what's going to happen. So you think about Kyle Shanahan, you think about how he runs his offense. And prior to Christian McCaffrey, what did he do? He utilized multiple backs. Who was the running backs coach under Kyle Shanahan? Mike McDaniel. He goes to Miami. He inputs a very similar scheme where he uses multiple running backs. Savan Ahmed has been hurt. He has the groin injury, I think, he might be practicing this week. He, I, I he's need to look trending towards not playing, but okay, yeah, okay. So he's trending towards doubtful. You have Jeff Wilson on IR, so you got to think when Jeff Wilson's back because when he was healthy, he had a prominent role in the offense. I just don't see Devon Achan getting a firm hold on the entire running back field as a whole. I really do think that he's going to be that guy that's going to get. Eight to 10 touches a game, but they're going to be high value touches like we saw against Denver. 
Now, it just so happens that in garbage time, he got maybe double that with the touches because sure. he's been he's been hurt. He's a rookie. Getting those reps for him makes sense. I think he's. I think we should hold the brakes on him being like an RB one even this year, and probably on the like firmly RB two range, but it's going to be sporadic. Like there's going to be games where he gets thirty. There's going to be games where he gets like 10, right? He's not going to be that like every week, 20 point guy, in my opinion, this year. Now his future is obviously super bright, but he's more of a ceiling play in my opinion. Like if you need a guy who can go out and get 30 to 40, as opposed to like someone who's more safer, like, like if Montgomery versus HN was the decision and it just depends on like who your opponent is, then like, you might play the ceiling guy if you need more points. You might play Montgomery if you need the floor. Sure. I think the the only thing I'll add to that is I was shocked. Obviously, A-Chan's not the biggest guy in the room, but this dude right. is getting goal line carries. Like it's first and two. Or it's first, it's you know, first and goal at the two, and it's A-Chan up the middle. And he was he was moving piles. So mm-hmm. I think that's that was my biggest bright spot besides, you know, getting him outside. Mike Benaniel knows how to use people that way. They were using him between the tackles, and he didn't look completely out of his depth. Obviously, I think Raheem Mostert's going to be responsible more for that role, but I, I think Mike Daniel showed that they're not afraid to use him in that role as well. It kind of gives me Alvin Kamara vibes if I had to pick one player. You know, Alvin Kamara was never the best running back in football, but fantasy-wise, the way the Saints used him outside, pass-catching, he was always a top-10 fantasy running back for you know five, six years. So he he kind of gives me that vibe, and obviously Team Fairlife is hoping for similar outputs. But um, I I I I see an Alva Camara future for Devon Achan, in my opinion. So and it's very possible. And right. you know the other thing I'll add too is I, I'm a degenerate. I listen to like five or six different fantasy football podcasts throughout a week, just in circulation, and more than one has commented on the fact that. Last week, according to Next Gen stats, the top five miles per hour ran were all in the oh, Dolphins. Yeah. Which is just, it goes to show that they have a system. They're going to use A Chan to his best abilities. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's very, you also just got to like determine on the matchup and who you're playing. But I think he'd be, a, he'll be a safe flex play at the very least all year. And that is the end of the Devon HN podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be fun to watch. It must be fun to be a Miami Dolphins fan right now. But again, to wrap up the last segment, congratulations to Anthony. Third highest points ever. He wins it 197 to 121. He moves to an undefeated 3-0 at the top of the Chipotle division, having already played me, having already played Aaron, <laughs> having already played Hayden, I think. like he, Yeah. 3-0, and no signs of stopping anytime soon. Let's move on to the next matchup here. It was a big matchup in the Cadoba division between Tim and Close But No Jamar taking on Steven and Mount Passmore, both at 1-1. One and one. And at the beginning of the year, we all thought Tim and Stretch, and maybe not even Stretch, Tim mostly, was going to waltz in the Cadoba division. Just just run train on it, right? You know, Steven gave away Nick Chubb. He's rebuilding, blah, blah, blah. But don't look now. Steven with a statement win in this one. Besides the ridiculous outputs of Aaron and Anthony, Steven had the highest point total with 169 points to Tim's 109. 
And on top of that, Steven didn't even have a Miami Dolphin. He did all of this on his own accord, and he was propelled by the quarterback two in all of fantasy football, Justin Herbert, along with a bounce-back performance from A.J. Brown, who finishes the wide receiver 11 on the week, and the always consistent Stephon Diggs. And how about a little 31-point uh, defensive contribution from the Buffalo Bills against the Washington Commanders? That certainly won't help, and that will certainly propel you to those higher numbers. Um, as for Tim, man, Joshua Kelly stinks, man. He does. He, just, he does stink. He just stinks. I mean, he he's getting the opportunity. I don't even blame Tim for starting him. It all made sense. High over under against the Vikings. They're not the best against the run. Joshua Kelly, he looked great week one. Tough matchup week two. I know I'm just going through Tim's mindset right now. And it just made sense, but this guy just stinks, man. I don't know what it is. And I don't blame him for having him in his starting lineup. And also, Jalen Warren was meh, too. And really, we knew this game was going to come down to the wide receivers because you could argue, and I know Tim is waiting for Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor to come back, but as of this recording, Tim and Steven have the worst running back cores in the league. So ultimately, it came down to CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf, and Jamar Chase against Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and Mike Williams. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, Tim's receivers just could not keep up with Steven's receivers. The silver lining for Tim, though, you had a Jamar Chase sighting, so that's nice. He played I mean, well. I think he if, played really well. I think if Jamar Chase was also down here hanging out at 10, 11 points with CeeDee Lamb, um, you would be seeing my, my panic alarm would be going off a little bit for Tim, I think, but I think that's a silver lining. CeeDee Lamb, I think, just had a down week. You're not going to expect him to have 10 points every week. So um, it was a disappointing 109 points for Tim. And I'll be honest, uh, until either his running backs get healthy, Jonathan Taylor definitely comes back and is the workhorse we expect him to, or one of his young running backs break out. I mean, we know that Roshan Johnson was sexy. Jalen Warren was hot. Um, you know, Pacheco, you know, he's going to be the leading on a really good offense. Tank Bigsby and Sean Tucker were really hot for a while <laughs> there, but just none of them have come to fruition, unfortunately. And until one of them do, I really fear this could be the average output for Tim here. Um, I think he really needs to address it. Aaron Jones hopefully coming back this week helps. But until that happens, I fear he's going to be at that you know low 100 mark. And for Steven, 169. Congratulations, man. You go to 2-1 and one and you give yourself some cushion in the Cadoba division. So your final score, again, was Steven, 169 to Tim, 109. Yeah, the only thing I'll add is uh, Aaron Jones is expected to play tonight against the Detroit Lions on Thursday Night Football, which is a much-needed and welcomed sighting for Tim. He needs him desperately to have some better output at the RB position, but I agree with you. I think Tim's team is in a bit of just trying to hold water until we understand how JT is going to perform and what his situation will be. And I got to be honest, and unless Tim makes a decision on trading or, you know, does something mm -hmm. that JT uh, factor is make or break. I think for a season, just, just asking for a friend. If you're Tim, what's your price tag on Jonathan Taylor? Cause there's so much uncertainty right now. Like, are you, are you still holding out for like the King's ransom that he had to pay to get Jonathan Taylor? 
or are you like, I'm concerned, I'm trying to win now, maybe get two or three pieces and sell, not low, but maybe not as much you could have got for him, you know, last season per se. So I think if you're Tim, right, your strategy was I'm selling my RB depth to upgrade a wide receiver because RB depth didn't work for me in the past few years. So I really think he's in a position where he has to have Jonathan Taylor work out because he's not going to get the value in return on a trade that he probably would desire. And so if that value doesn't add up, I mean, JT is, is just such a, a piece of his lineup that he just needs to hit that. I don't know if you can just easily reset on that. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, we will now go on to our next matchup. Tim falls to one and two Steven to a surprising two and one. He is certainly in the conversation as we head um, toward, you know, the more tense points of the season. Our next matchup, it was a matchup in the Cadoba division between Zach and Brees Lightning and Don and team Don Perignon. One team had to win because both of these guys came in at 0 and 2. Yep, that's correct. Matchup of winless teams in the league and you definitely don't want to fall to 0 and 3. It's not a death sentence, but it certainly creates a hole that is very hard to climb out of unless you're already declared rebuilding team, which Zach has already came out and said, that is what I am. So, you know, losing to him probably doesn't feel as bad as it would for Don, who I know is, is trying to compete this year. Um, But really not a lot of points to be had in this one. Don did have some respectable outputs on his side. Like he usually does. Yeah, Don, Don was very, very solid this week. Very solid. Yeah. Yeah. And, Maybe he found his QB1 in Brock Purdy uh, with 23 points. Looked really good on Thursday night football. Looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. Hey, I see what you did hey, there. How about I like it? it? How about it? How about it? Yeah, I know, about I know what them? the listeners are thinking. Yeah, I know. That, was, that wasn't great. <laughs> nah, don't worry, man. I liked it. Thanks. That's all that matters. Thanks, Aaron. You're my best friend, dude. Absolutely. And so Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders. Chris Olave, they all gave you results I think you're happy with if you're done. I mean, you can't expect too much more from them in the high teens and point total. JSN, yeah, he's been a major disappointment yeah. through three weeks. And if you're done, as painful as it is, I know it was his first round pick, but he probably needs to be relegated to the bench, to the bench sorry, unless he proves it in some capacity. Make him prove it on your bench as opposed to, you know, you can't have a sub five point performance from uh, a position there that that'll hurt you every time. And then Vikings defense doesn't do you any uh, solids either. They had zero points, big yikes there. I mean, I think that's just roster management. I mean, what do you expect Vikings D going up against the chargers? You got to, got to put some other defense in there in my opinion. But overall, if you're Don, I think you can live with this performance. You know, you can look at his team and said, all right, I got some areas to improve, but, you know, I put up a respectable point total and I've got some guys that I can rely on. 
for Zach, it's a completely different story. It just seems to be getting uglier by the game. It's the third straight game where he set his season low in point total. Oh, God. He's, he was at 94. Then he was at a little over 80. And this week, he's in the 70s. Jeez. And he he had and he hasn't eclipsed 100 points all year. Um, Josh Reynolds had a goose egg. He was a hot commodity on the waiver wire that he plugged and played immediately. Traylon Burks had 1.5 points. Brees Hall had 2.7, and David Njoku had six. That just tells a lot of the story here. You won't win when multiple starters barely are able to reach 10 points combined. Yeah. I mean, four guys, that it was 10.2 between those four. Um, not good. Zach's made some notable waiver wire additions. He did add Joshua Palmer this past waiver wire cycle that I think he'll be looking to in order to keep him hopefully more competitive. I admire him, you know, trying to upgrade that position, but I think even he will admit openly that his eyes are very focused on next year. He has two first round picks in the 2024 rookie draft yeah, and he's got other draft capital that he's acquired. So and the props, you the know, props I'll give to Zach is if you want to tank, this is the way to do it. He's yeah, he, he's starting his best lineup every week, but he he's is. just losing. So I'm like, hey, that this is how you tank without like the commissioners giving a talking to you. Like, just trade away your best players, <laughs> and then now, you'll lose. Now, now granted, it, it does kind of suck because he doesn't have his own pick. That does suck. So that does suck. That that does hurt some. Um, but you know, if you're Zach, I think a couple more losses and if he's already not at this point he will be soon it's time to do a full-blown just fire sale just sell off alexander madison sell off khalil herbert sell off those guys that yeah i think those are 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 just obvious ones yeah that will have some value for other teams and you can get some return um and just try to get younger try to get some talent on the roster um but other than that uh, final score was Don 115 to Zach's 73. Yep. Don certainly needed that one. I tried to convince Tim last week to call this a winner go home game. He wouldn't do it, but it was a winner go home game in my heart. <laughs> and Tim, <laughs> or sorry, and Don certainly got it done. Let's move on to we have one game remaining. So y'all know what that means. And what this means is that it's the game of the week. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Stretch and Hayden. Stretch comes into this at 2-0, and Hayden is 1-1. And, folks, this one came down to the wire. Let's go. Sleeper pegged Hayden as the favorite heading into the matchup, but Stretch used that as sheer motivation. He said to Hayden that I'll take a 30-burger from Ken Walker, a 22-burger from Sam Laporta what? and a 20 burger from James Conner for good measure. Thanks for listening to me. I said on the pod, Hey, get this man in your lineup. You won't regret it. And he did so, but Hayden would not go away though. With Mahomes coming in with the first punch at 31 points, Kelsey had a show out for his girl. Come on now. Come on. And then Debo came in later with 25 points to make this game close heading into the Monday night football slate. 
and down 20 points. Stretch had his whole team basically still playing. Yes. And they barely <laughs> showed up outside of Mike Evans, which left Hayden with an opening to deploy Puka Nikor's light. Puka Nikor's light. In the waning moments, the Rams are driving and Stafford fires it down the field. Puka makes the grab and is about to score. Oh no, he is tackled. I didn't realize the, the game was this close until right now. Yard line. <laughs> oh my Hayden God. Hayden is still down three and the TD is in reach. They're at the red zone and the touchdown ends up going to 2-2 Atwell. Aye. Hayden, you kept it close until literally the final moments of the wow. Monday Night Football game. But Stretch was likely riding the vibes of his usual WWE SmackDown viewing on Friday that <laughs> propelled him to the W. Stretch wins by a slim margin, as he always seems Ooh. to do. 126 to 123. Hey, baby, you win who you win. You know? Yes. Wow. I I didn't realize this game was that close until your breakdown there. Puka did, like, if, fall down at the three-yard line. If Puka oh. scores there, Hayden wins this matchup. Hayden, I'm so sorry. Not really, because you are a <laughs> division rival, but, uh, wow. Wow. What a game. That's nuts. Yeah. And I mean, if if you're both teams, you got to feel good because anytime you score, in my opinion, if you score 120 or more, I mean that's that's a good week, right. you know. It's solid. It's competitive, at least especially yeah. in the top half. Um, I think the only thing I'll add here is, you know, Ant Stretch was missing uh, Anthony Richardson, and mm. Hayden had the Matthew Stafford pickup that Stretch also had a bit on. I, I pay attention to these things, and the thing is, is um, Baker May or sorry, Matthew Stafford outscored Baker Mayfield by two points, which obviously stretched what a one either way. But like, yeah, what a great move that was by Hayden. Like, I saw that little, little defense. Right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know, it's the little things like that that put you over the top. Unfortunately, that couldn't do it enough for Hayden, and he falls to one and two in a tough Chipotle division. Um, and stretch. I mean. He just annoys people and he wins, man. That's what Stretch he does. does. He, he moves does. to three and oh. Ken Walker looks great. Sam Laporta looks fantastic. Sam Dalton Kincaid Laporta is what I'm going to start calling him. Um, so yeah, congrats to Stretch moving to three and oh, firmly on top of the Chipotle or excuse me, the Cadoba division. While Hayden falls to one and two. That was your week three review the standings are starting to kind of show themselves we're starting to get where we are who the contenders are who the pretenders are and we will get into that segment actually next week so we'll come back for that one but how about we get into some power rankings here Aaron absolutely let's do it let's ride Broncos country let's ride and in the week three power rankings we, we will roll through these rather quickly because there wasn't a lot of change up but some slight movement no no big upsets this week i don't think no it went pretty chalk for the most part so in 10th place we have Brees lightning yeah your team yeah, and zach your stat about him continuously putting up lower and lower numbers was 
enlightening. <laughs> yeah, and really all you have to say there to write the story and narrative that Zach will probably be the bottom dweller most of the season. Mm-hmm. In the ninth spot, we had Clayton and the Red Rocket. Come on. So continuing his prominence of staying out of the 10th spot. You got to like that if you're Clayton. Eighth place, we have Njigba's in Paris, Don McCraig. In seventh, we have down one spot from last week, close but no Jamar. I feel bad talking about him when he's not here to defend himself. (laughs) Well, you got to think that the 109 point total did not do him any favors and you know maybe his fortune turns around again with Aaron Jones coming back but not looking great with the the RB squad that he's uh putting out there yes, in sixth did. place he had Steven and Mount Passmore up a spot from last week awesome 169 points will do that for you in fifth place smack dab in the middle Tua infinity and beyond all right all right and hayden fourth place we got team fair life come on coming in i'll take it (laughs) staying the same in third place walker hardly know her and kyle stretch in second place team uninspired youth wow anthony so Anthony at three and zero, still occupying the second place spot, what's which a, means what's a brother got to do, <laughs> right? Which means that in first place, staying atop the rankings is myself and let Russ cook microwave. Ooh, <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, uh-huh. when when he when he used to cook, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, myself in first. So, Chris, any quick reactions to uh, the rankings? I mean, if I'm if I'm tearing in my head, right, just off the dome, tears are you and you and Anthony just atop of a pile, three miles of crap, and then I think I may put. Man, tears are tough. Help me out here. I, I want to say Stretch might be in his own tier, but if not, I would say maybe me and Stretch and Hayden in one tier. How do you think that breaks out? Um, you're knocking on the door of Stretch's tier, but I would say, I would say you're still a little outside of it. All right, so Stretch in his own tier, and then maybe me and Hayden in a tier, and the next tier. Yep, and then I'd say you know probably. Still, I forget about Steven. Goodness, man. This well, is Steven, and, Steven and Tim are in the next tier. I think okay. I would put Don in his own tier. Okay, I like And that. then prob- probably Clayton and Zach in a tier. I like that. Okay, so you and Anthony in the top tier. St- uh, stre- stretch in his own tier. Me, Hayden in a tier. Mm-hmm. Steven, Tim in a tier. Yep. Don in his own Don. tier. Clayton yep. and Zach in the last tier. Boom. Off yep. the dome. That's how it Heck is. Heck yeah. All right. I like that. I'll ride with that. And of course, we're just going to throw it all away, put it in a paper ball, and just throw it all away next week because that's how fantasy football works. So that was your week three power rankings. And y'all know what time it is now. Let's go make some money. The 
this league. Guaranteed. So, 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 so close. Last week, we got Indianapolis Colts plus seven and a half against the Ravens. Should have just taken the freaking money line. Let's go horse, Let's go baby. Horse, Colt, baby. Yes, How sir. about it? Aaron got off the block with Houston Texans and Jaguars over 43 and a half. We booked it. And a huge thank you to the Houston Texans for that one. Unfortunately, the Titans just got whomped by the Cleveland Browns. The plus three, unfortunately, did not hit. But you know what? We're getting close. We're two for three. I'm feeling good about this week. This is going to be the first one. Just put three months rent on it this time. Just make all of your money back. Just go take out a little loan, you know, whatever it may be. Just trust us on this one. This one is guaranteed to hit. We're going to start with Tim since he's not here, but he still gave a suggestion. He loves Chiefs minus nine at the Jets, which I don't hate it. I was actually honestly considering it just because the Jets are so bad. I think maybe the only thing that kept me from going with this one as my choice was it was it's at home. And um, although if Zach Wilson at home is getting booed by his own crowd, which may happen, I don't know, that could maybe the wheels could come off. Um, but I do like minus nine. I don't hate this one. I'm not like throwing up question marks about it or anything. I can just see the Chiefs getting up early and then just running the ball with Isaiah Pacheco um, and winning the minus nine hitting. I don't hate it. What about you? Yeah, it's just, you know, what could have been if Aaron Rodgers stayed healthy? And surely they have to start. They have to start like swapping some of these primetime games out, right? Like, surely. You got to, yeah, you got to think that they're going to start flexing some of these games out of the schedule. But yeah, I also don't hate it. I think. You know, anytime you play at the Meadowlands, regardless of how good or bad the team is, if that's the Giants or the Jets, it, it's a tough place to play. You know, the New York crowd, they get into it. They're passionate. And the weather is often not the best either. So the Jets have a good defense. I They don't have much in the way of offense, and they probably won't be able to keep up. And Patrick Mahomes is that talented, but – you know, you, you got to only look to last year where there were certain spots when Mahomes was, you know, he was just okay and kind of let other people, you know, come in and, and do well. So I think it's a game where I could see that hitting, but I don't see a game where they blow out the Jets. I think it'll be, you know, they, they, they'll get up by like 17 and, and probably just be able to coast the rest of the game. So I, I believe in it. I think I think it can hit. Same. Same. So that's the first one. I'll go ahead and jump in here with my This League Guarantee. We're going to go a little different. We're going actually with a player prop in This League Guarantee. And this time I'm going with Spicy. podcast favorite Puka Nakua's Light yes, over sir. six and a half catches against your Colts. Colt, go Colts. I know what you're thinking. Chris, don't be a homer. Well, the last time I was a homer, it was right. <laughs> so why not keep on the trail? My reasoning to this, Puka Nakua over six and a half catches against the Colts. The Colts just are not giving up the big play. Gus Bradley got these boys rolling. They are averaging only 5.8 yards per pass attempt, which is the fifth lowest in the NFL. Where does Puka Nakua thrive? 
in those short routes, right? He is the Cooper Cup of old. He is getting the, the short routes. He's Matthew Stafford's safety blanket, and I think he's going to feast on this pretty weak Colts secondary. But in turn, I mentioned the Colts' weak secondary. People love to throw on the Colts. They may only be getting 5.8 yards per pass attempt, but they are being thrown on the ninth most in football. So this just primes Puka Nakua for over six and a half catches because I think Vegas is panicking a little bit. You got to remember week one, 10 catches, week two, 15 catches. And even last week, he had seven catches against what is a better Bengals pass defense, better than the Colts. So all you're asking Puka Nakua to do is match the seven catches he had last week against a worse defense in better atmosphere, you know, indoors, way more pass friendly. And I can argue that the Colts may put up more points than the Bengals did last week on 19 points, which means the Rams are more likely to throw it. I'd love Puka Nakua over six and a half catches, match a season low in a game where you only put up 19 points against a pretty good pass defense. I like it. Puka Nakua over six and a half catches is my guarantee this week. Yeah, I love that take. And I think the statistics and the analysis you brought up coincides really well with that being very possible for him to get over that mark and also music to Hayden's ears. I think he would love yeah. having as many catches as possible for Puka being in his lineup. All right. Now, well, there you go. And Aaron, how about the last leg here? The last leg is Denver Broncos versus Chicago Bears. I'm going with the under 46 and a half minus 108 odds. I love this one. Now, all right. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't have a lot of analysis for this because, quite frankly, I just don't think I need it. <laughs> Both of these offenses are inept. I mean, even against awful defenses, both units on both teams are just putrid. There won't be much scoring with how bad the offenses have been operating. I've watched with my own two eyes both of these teams the past few weeks. I'm invested in players on both sides. Who needs statistics when you got your eyeballs? <laughs> the eye these test. These guys stink. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll with the eye test, and I can barely see this game reaching a combined 35 points. I am not joking. They don't pass the eye test, in my opinion, and it would just be best to pretend that this game isn't on the NFL slate this week. If you have multiple TVs, don't waste a spot on this game. It's just going to be absolute hot garbage uh, and not great football. So under 46 and a half, that's a high point that's total, a hot, in my that's opinion. High. It's one of the highest of the week. And I just don't see what Vegas sees apparently. So lock in that under 46 and a half and smile while doing it. I think that's my favorite one of the week. I also love mine and Tim's, you know, Patrick Mahomes prime time. I'll take it. I'm feeling really good about the guarantee this week. One more time. We got Puka Nakua over six and a half catches against the Colts chiefs minus nine at the jets and the Denver Broncos versus Chicago Bears under 46 and a half. That brings your parlay up to plus 640, a.k.a. 10 bucks gets you about $74. We love to see that. Be sure to get those in on DraftKings, on wherever you do it, because we're going to make you some money. We guarantee it. Let's get on to the week four preview. Broncos country, let's ride.
I say we're officially in like the dog days of fantasy. You know, the first three weeks are done. You get to throw out all of the preseason news that you heard, all of the preseason assumptions that you had coming into the league. Where draft capital, I feel like, is out of the window now. It's all just about week by week, war of attrition, which lineup is going to score me the most points. That's how fantasy works. And I feel like the first two to three weeks, you can kind of lose that a little bit of, well, you know, I drafted this guy early, so I have to play him. Like, I spent so much on him. I traded all this stuff for him. Now, that's all out the window. War of attrition, the dog days of fall, I guess you could say, are here. And this is where fantasy runs are made. This is where the true lineup management happens. Let's get in to these matchups. We are going to get into the first one. We have a cross-divisional matchup here. We have Aaron and Let Russ Microwave coming in at 2-1, and one, top of the power rankings, taking on Zach and Brees Lightning, 0-3 at the bottom of of the power rankings and not only that Aaron coming off of a 198 point performance and Zach and Brees Lightning coming off a 73 point performance what could go wrong what could go wrong and to make it even better for Aaron he could get both Eckler and Saquon back this week so you got to think while these guys are injured getting healthy a Clayton Zach back-to-back probably came at a very prime time <laughs> in your fantasy schedule. So I think he kind of lucked out there for sure. Um, and really, kind of similar to the eyeball test, right? There's not really much to say here. Aaron is going to win this matchup, okay? He just is. So I think in reality, both squads are hoping to get a few questions answered, right? For Zach, I think he's hoping to see that a lot of his players continue to take steps forward as his rebuild is well and truly underway. I think for one, C.J. Stroud, NFL QB-wise, maybe not necessarily fantasy-wise, but NFL QB-wise, I think he has looked like the best rookie quarterback in football. His completion percentage is high. He looks comfortable in the pocket. No interceptions yet. Like He is just playing really clean football. He looks really comfortable with a set of weapons that isn't the best. I think he's actually elevating them as well. So you hope that he continues to take steps forward, um, and you're hoping maybe Javante Williams, his process of coming back, can he break 50% of snaps this week? He hasn't quite gotten there yet, but you're hoping maybe he eventually continues to dominate that backfield and really help the Denver offense in total improve. And then he's got other guys, Josh Downs, Tajay Spears, Rashi Rice. They've all have looked or shown flashes at some point within the first three weeks. So I think even if Zach loses by 50, which is a possibility, <laughs> I think he'll be happy if those guys continue to show promise. And as for Aaron, you know, between those guys, actually just a question about Zach's team here, because we don't want to just dog on him all the time. Between those guys, Josh Downs, Tajay Spears, Rashi Rice, who are you most excited to kind of monitor the rest of the season? Or who are you most excited to see kind of how their fantasy stock changes as the year goes on? Oh, Tajay Spears by yes. far. I, just I, I with, agree. Yeah, just with the snap counts, the way that they've been the past couple of weeks. And I think Tajay Spears actually outpaced and outsnapped uh, Derrick Henry this past so. game. Which I don't think that goes on for long personally, but we might get into yeah. that later. Yep. So we'll see how that uh storyline goes but yeah I think that's the most intriguing yeah I would have to agree and as for Aaron I mean I think your goal this week is just to avoid injuries 
Hex, yes. I think the fantasy manager Aaron might want to tell Austin Eckler and Saquon just to sit out another week. Hey, I honestly would love <laughs> Eckler because he's got the week five bye coming up anyway. It's like, yeah. dude, I don't, I don't really need you right now. I need you at the end of the year when I'm about to play Anthony for the probably our division. Right. So, you know, yeah. There you go. Um, before I forget, sleeper giving Aaron a sixty-nine percent chance of victory. Nice. But at the end of the day, despite what the scoreline may be, Aaron wants to avoid injuries. Zach wants to have his guys continue to show out. No matter what the scoreline is, I think both of those things happens. Both squads can go away from this one healthy. I'm assuming you're picking – or happy, excuse me. I'm assuming you're picking yourself here, Aaron. I'm picking myself. I think if I can get to 110 points, I most likely come up with the win. And I have scored no less than 150 this year each week so pretty good i I think i got myself all right i'm picking you as well and tim as well as also picking aaron let's get on to our next matchup this is a sneaky one i i think if if it wasn't for the records i make i may have made this the matchup to watch but i think this is second place matchup to watch it's a matchup of the chipotle division which we know are always going to be very interesting matchups going forward we have Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth at 3-0, and taking on Hayden at 1-2. and I mean, Chipotle division, man, that sucks. Hayden's at 1-2. and He's been performing well. I think he has the fifth highest points total in the league, but he's at 1-2, and and he has another tough challenge this week. It's a brutal division, man, and if you're Hayden, you really want to come up with an upset here to get yourself to 2-2, two and 2-2. Two. Two and two. Sounds so much better than one and three. Yeah, that's a hole. Yep. Anthony has a 59% chance of victory, according to Sleeper, as of my notes in the writing of them. Some juicy matchups for Anthony's side. You got CMC versus Arizona, JJ versus Carolina, Keenan Allen versus uh, Las Vegas. I mean, points galore is set up there for those guys. Can Amari Cooper keep it going? Or was that a tease from the Browns offense? I think we're still kind of waiting to see if Deshaun Watson can consistently put it all together. Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, they appear to have some serious chemistry. Flowers led the team with 10 targets last week. The RB2 slot for Anthony, if there is a weakness, I would say that would be his. It's it's a little in flux right now. Ramondre isn't the same as he once was last season, isn't getting some of the PPR volume with the dump offs that he was and the Bengals offense overall struggling. So Joe Mixon as a result, not as efficient and not putting up as big of point totals there. But as we move on in the lineup, I mean, Kelsey back to his old ways, he's just going to continue that and his matchup proof. If the RB two production is there for Anthony, I really don't see a chink in the armor for him. Yeah. And what sucks, what sucks though is like, you think you would play the dip, like the better matchup between Mixon and Ramondre? Both of them just have horrendous matchups this week. Ramondre at Dallas, Mixon at Tennessee. Like you just got to kind of pick your poison this week. I think if you're Anthony, when it comes to your running back two spot. Yep, and hopefully you pick the right one um, for Hayden. Uh, just word today that Jalen Waddle is out of the concussion protocol, so sounds like he's a full go for this matchup and will be in Hayden's starting lineup. So you like to see that anytime you can get a piece of the Miami offense right now, 
um, you want it, which leads me to the next point. Hayden, you have Mahomes and Tua, arguably two of the top four fantasy quarterbacks right now in all of football. Do you trade one of them in a pivotal point of the season? You're one and two, your back's against the wall. You're in a really tough division. Do you try to trade and upgrade at some spots any way you can? Because you can't play them both. And one of them is just sitting there. So I feel like he's got to do something. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Chris. Yeah, I think the only hard part about that is like, you know, in a 10-team, one-quarterback league, one could argue most teams have a guy that they like. Um, I think I think of maybe Zach and Don. I could think of maybe needing a quarterback. Um, the hard part is, though, both of those guys I wouldn't consider as top-tier teams. So you might not yeah. get the elite pieces that you would want in a trade like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if you can, certainly text them, float it, and see if you can improve your squad any way you can. Yeah, for sure. I think for him, he also just has to ride the ups and downs uh, with his rookies. There's gonna, I think they'll be big time by the end of the season. The likes of Jameer Gibbs, he's sure hoping so. John Robinson. I mean, he has to have those guys pan out um, once playoffs arrives, especially. Debo's a bit banged up. We would like to see him healthy for the matchup as well. I think he's been limited this week, but should play. Bottom he did, line, he is, didn't practice today. Not oh, spotted today? at practice today. Yeah, so it's like you get okay. Jalen Waddle back, but Debo's trending toward, I would guess, not playing this week. Okay, all right, that's news, new development then. Well, Christian that, Watson that would... tonight. You know, I think he is the ultimate ceiling guy, and yeah. if you need to compete with Anthony now more than ever, you need the ceiling guys. So I think Christian Watson is a serious consideration if I'm Hayden. Yeah, which I don't know if he's in his starting lineup or not. I haven't looked at Hayden's starting lineup in a second. But uh, bottom line for Hayden, you're one and two, but Hayden is a playoff team. I mean, I think that's very clear that he should make the playoffs given his uh, you know, roster makeup. The tight end gap, though, is, is really wide against Anthony, and he needs more production from his squad than what he's getting right now. So I, you know, I got to go chalk this week. I tried to go contrarian a lot last week, and it did really help me in some spots, but I just don't see a way where Anthony uh, doesn't prevail in this one and get to 4 0. Expect Hayden to put up a fight, though. I mean, if anybody's going to, it's going to be an interdivisional clash and Hayden's not going to go down without something to say. Right. I agree. I I'm also picking Anthony here. One, one thing I'll mention on Hayden's side, he is loving the production from his wide receivers right now. I mean, tank Dell down there currently sneakily, the wide receiver 13 in fantasy football, Mm -hmm. Marvin Mims. He's not getting a lot of opportunities, but when he does, he looks electric. Obviously Christian Watson hasn't even played this year. Romeo Dobbs looks really good. And obviously he's got Puka. So I think that was one of his weaknesses coming in was his wide receiver core and a lot of kind of the lottery tickets that he chose have been hitting. And, um, you know, that could make for some difficult lineup decisions in the future, but you'd rather have that problem than, you know, not having any options at all. So I think a lot of credit to Hayden goes there. He's, he's really been on that waiver wire with those good draft picks kind of building the squad um, that could kind of give him some longevity. A lot of these guys are young and, um, He's doing really well. And obviously with Quentin Johnson as well. Mike Williams goes out. I think it's time to see 
what he is made of. But yeah, I'm going Anthony. You're going Anthony. Tim is going Anthony. And we think Anthony will move to four and oh. Let's get on to the next matchup, Aaron. You got another one here. And similar to the first one, we may not have to spend too much time on this one, but hey, I've been known to play down in my competition. Of course, it is your boy and Team Fairlife taking on Clayton and the Red Rocket, another Chipotle divisional matchup. Both squads coming into this one at one and two. Yep, and Chris, you and Team Fairlife with a 60% chance of victory, according to Sleeper. For you, this is a game you got to have in order to keep pace within the rugged Chipotle division. It's a brutal division. You cannot afford to slide to one and three with Tim and stretch up next to play over the next couple of weeks. Right. So I think you are really enjoying the fact you get to play Clayton, which is a bottom tier team in the league. Uh, intriguing that you are fully trusting a Chan uh, against a tough Buffalo defense on the road. He had a great game, don't get me wrong, but it does seem like a ceiling play that might not be necessary against Clayton. Well, it'll be I think I'll be curious to see where you kind of land on if he stays in your lineup or not. It'll be I I'll just be curious to see that. I just um, balls to the wall, baby. Let's just go. I'm yeah, trying to have a good time yeah. this week. Up 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 the morale of the team, you know. A Chan, get in there. Yep. Hey, I, I respect it. And, you know, you also get your boy Camara back. How about after it? A, after a three-game suspension. and Free like the pro- Like the prodigal son, baby, just welcoming him back with open arms. It's right. unreal. His tweet, by the way, about being free was so hilarious. <laughs> I laughed at that for a while. That was um, other than that, usual suspects in your lineup that should keep balling. You got Hawk, you got Allen, you got Cook. You like to see them. Okay, real quick question. Scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are we about Calvin Ridley? Uh, five. And that's that's only, where I land. And that's only because Christian Kirk's making me a little nervous. He, he seems to almost kind of come back into that spot of like being Trevor Lawrence's safety blanket a little bit. But the amount of times I'm watching Red Zone every week and Calvin Ridley's ever had either had touchdowns called back or he's dropped a pass that was poorly thrown, or he had a PI, and the he he's there, he he's in there. So I'm not really that concerned, which I think is why it's a five, because I think a lot of that has to do with the Jaguars' defense or offense in general as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm about a five with you there. So hopefully he can bounce back in a big way these next couple weeks in London. I see a lot of players that can help you eclipse 100 points, which is again kind of the benchmark when you play Don. Zach Clayton get to a hundred. You put yourself in a good spot to win for Clayton. It's much harder to see that Damian Pierce has been struggling. He has not really finding much running room. Um, It's yeah, pretty just not, not a great situation there. Um, Drake London, obviously talented, right? He's just not set up for success in Arthur Smith's, run for scheme so you know i think he got what what last week did he have like 15 16 points something I like think, that yeah yeah was it the week was it week two he had 18 against the packers yeah so you know i mean he's gonna have some games just naturally based off his talent where that's gonna be the case and he gets decent point totals but 
you're not going to expect that most weeks. Dawson Knox, Moore, Jalen Reed, they're okay options, but mm-hmm. nothing to really get excited about, you know, kind of like eight to 10 point guys maybe. Will Burrow get back to his old ways with the lingering calf injury? I mean, no telling. that The calf injury, that is an injury that lingers and sticks with you all season. It's kind of like when you get a turf toe. You kind of have to just either you rest it for a month straight or you just have to deal with it all year. And that's we'll just see how Burrow continues to deal with it. Nico Collins and Zach Moss, I love both of those guys. Those are real solid options for Clayton in his lineup, but you can't rely on just them to get it done. Yeah. So those there's are, not enough. Those are here. the only guys that make me a little nervous. They make me a little nervous. That's all. Yeah. But yeah. We should take care that's, of this this week. Right. So I got Chris winning pretty easily in this one to get him back on the right end of his record being two and two. And you know, you like being two and two going into a couple of tough weeks against uh, the Qdoba division. Yeah, and don't forget, week six is the start of the Qdoba Chipotle Classic. So I think it's week six to week nine. Every single game, every single week is a cross-divisional matchup. So looking forward to that. I think obviously the Chipotle division is probably looking forward to that more so than the Qdoba division is. But um, don't forget, week six to week nine, we'll keep a tracker on it. You know, we'll make a whole you know ordeal out of it. But week six, week nine, the Chipotle Qdoba Classic. I'm picking me, Aaron. Who you got? I am picking Chris, and Tim is also picking myself as well. I think we're all pretty chalk this week. I don't even know if we disagree on anything. So um, one that I almost disagreed with you guys on, and we'll just get into it now. If we have Tim and close but no Jamar at one and two taking on, well, the sheet does say uh, you do disagree with us. I know. Well, I was I'm, I'm back and forth. I don't know. I still don't know. And Don and Team Don Perignon at one and two. Let me clarify right now. This is not. I repeat, this is not a win or go home game for either side. But man, does Tim need a W here. He, he does. needs a W here. Because if he drops this game against Don, he plays me week five, and then week week six is the start of the Chipotle Cadoba Classic. So I think week six he plays you, if I remember correctly. Week seven he gets Clayton. But I think eight and nine are Hayden and Anthony. Like, oh man. Like you you need to take care of business here, Tim, because you have a gauntlet coming up here. And if Tim doesn't win, I'm officially sounding the panic button. And thankfully for Tim, though, according to Sleeper, he has a 53% chance of victory. And I'll get it out of the way now. I was I was going to pick Don here because I think the overall theme of this matchup is Tim has the better studs, but Don has the better team. And what I mean by that is... Tim absolutely relies on CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Hurts, Jamar Chase, and DK Metcalf to get him through games. He basically relies on them to drag the likes of Jalen Warren and Roshan Johnson and even potentially Aaron Jones, especially if he's on a snap count. Like, he really needs those guys to perform. Meanwhile, Don has the better overall players, you know? Like, nobody on his team is as bad as a Roshan Johnson or Jalen Warren, in my opinion. Miles Sanders... You know, Brandon Ayuk, Terry McLaurin, they haven't been playing great, but I would rather have them over the running backs of 
um, Tim's I just mentioned. Um, man, but the reason why I'm picking Tim is because Don's matchups are just so gross. I think this game's going to be so close. I really, I really struggled with it, but Don's matchups really kind of turned it for me. Terry McLaurin at Philadelphia. You don't love that. Marquise Brown at the Niners. You don't love that. Um, and then Tony Pollard at home against New England. You don't love that. I, I was also looking at this. This could also ultimately come down to who does Bill Belichick remove from the Cowboys game? Does he try to just target Tony Pollard and say, Dak, beat me? Or does he take away CeeDee Lamb and say, Dak, beat me with anybody else? And I, mm. just, I just don't know where that goes. And I think that could really swing this matchup because I had a hard time, man. I was going to pick Don because I just don't like picking a team with Roshan Johnson and Jalen Warren in the starting lineup. I really don't. Um, God, but I, th- I think I'm going to pick Tim just because I think his studs are going to perform and get him over the edge. Um, I think the only lineup decisions you got, if I'm Tim, I'm really considering putting Isaiah Pacheco into my lineup. I know he plays the Jets, but here's the thing. The Jets actually have a bottom half of the league run defense because they have the most run attempts. Patrick Mahomes is going to get up on Zach Wilson quickly, I feel like. So what are they just going to do? Pacheco, 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 Pacheco. And I think they have their worst run defense. I'm talking about the Jets because they've just been run on so much. They've accumulated so many yards, and that's just Pacheco's lane, right? So I, I, if I'm Tim, I'm really considering Pacheco over one of Roshan or Jalen Warren. Um, I like that matchup quite a bit. And as for Don and his matchup uh, or his lineup decisions, you know, do you put Luke Musgrave over a Tyler Higby who is kind of strangely dealing with like an Achilles injury that's kept him out of a couple practices? So. Um, this is close, but I'm I'm gonna pick Tim, but I don't love it. But I think he's going to come out and perform because he needs a W here. I'm gonna go to Tim. Yeah, it was this was the tougher one for me to pick. Um, I also am gonna take Tim, but I, much like you, I, I'm uncomfortable with it. Uh, man, that Monday night game is gonna be really important. He's got Darren Waller. He's got DK Metcalf. I could see it coming down to that game where he needs like a combined 25 from both those guys, maybe. Um, And you want Aaron Jones to get off to a good start. If Aaron Jones is active, I mean, you got to play him. He just doesn't have other options. Um, Yeah, I think I also kind of agree with you on the Pacheco versus Jalen Warren decision there i know houston is booty cheeks against running backs historically but and roshan johnson plays denver i like that too so i i get why he has pacheco on the bench i'm not saying it's a dumb call but you i think there's definitely a decision to be made there yeah so you know still early in the week he could change his mind but uh yeah man this this is gonna go down to the wire this will be i think this will be a lot like the hayden uh game that just was played oh, the Hayden stretch game past, last week. Hayden stretch game this past week. Yeah. Right. I think they're gonna so, grind it out. Tim is also taking himself, I believe. Yes, he's also taking himself. So it's a clean sweep for Tim, but I would not be surprised if all three of us are incorrect. I'll be honest. So we got one game remaining. You know what that means. It is our matchup to watch. 
of week four, and it is one for the Kadoba crown, baby. Kind of, sort of. I think they'd be tied. But you know what? For the momentum, for the vibes, we're calling this one for the Kadoba crown. We have Steven and Mount Passmore at two and one, taking on Stretch and Walker. <laughs> I already know her. At three and oh. And Stretch barely has the advantage over Steven, a 52% chance actually, of victory. I actually have something for you here. Um, the most latest line, it is uh-huh. a... 50, 50. Game, oh, it's 50, baby. 50. Wow. Sleeper right. is calling this a 50-50 matchup. And I, well, that, as you as you explain, I'll, I'll let the listeners know if there's any current changes. www.thisleeppod.com is where you can see the latest matchups here. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah the update on that. Sometimes we do the notes a bit ahead of time. Right. So, yeah, 50%. I mean, that even gives more credence to why this is a matchup to watch for the week. Uh, literally a coin flip based off sleepers projections. Will Anthony Richardson for stretch be back in his lineup? That could be a huge development going into yeah. this matchup. You if you're stretch, you are just waiting for that news. I have you been seeing the reports this week? Has he has he been practicing? Oh, he's yet? playing. He had a full practice today and Wednesday. Okay, cool. So yeah, he's looks like he's locked and loaded. Garrett Wilson. I mean, Chris, he's borderline unplayable in my opinion. So that I think that's the change. He has benched Garrett Wilson and he is starting either Adam Thielen or Cortland Sutton. I'm not sure who was not in his lineup whenever you made the notes, but that's the change. Garrett Wilson's benched. Awesome. Might be Adam Thielen, which coming off a 31-point explosion. Well, that that's a great decision on Stretch's end because I agree with him. I think he, he deserves to be on the bench. Uh, it's really unfortunate because of how talented Garrett Wilson is, but you know there are two sides of the equation for the QB wide receiver uh, combination and and the QB just really isn't working right now for the Jets. Kenneth Walker uh, and James Connor are both cooking at the moment. Does he have James Connor in his lineup right now? He does not. He's going Ken okay, Walker. He Josh benched Jacobs. him. Yep. Okay. All right. So back to to Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, could have a huge game against the Chargers. I'm not worried about uh, it personally. I'm yeah. Really not. Yeah, we saw. Uh, Alexander Madison, he put up a pretty solid and respectable game when he went out and played the Chargers, and he is not nearly the talent that Josh Jacobs is. So look for Josh Jacobs to get back to his old ways. I love Devontae Smith's matchup, and I just he's love got Devontae his... Smith, dude. I just dude, he is really good. Stretch, um, give him to me. <laughs> <laughs> and his new tight end one, Sam Laporta. Locked into the lineup. It's been a long time coming for Stretch to find that tight end he can play week over week. And it looks like he's found that in in his rookie. Uh, Can Mike Evans overcome a tough cornerback matchup against Marshawn Lattimore? There's going to be some fireworks there, won't there, Chris? Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans memorial fight. (laughs) Every year, it seems like. Every year. And can the Dallas defense get back on track in light of Trayvon Diggs' injury? I mean, they just did not look like the same defense without him. It was kind of shocking because it's like, you know, they lose a corner and their whole defense went to garbage against the Arizona Cardinals. So see if they can get back on track. Turning over to Steven's side, 
he gets to ride some momentum from last week into this one. Uh, he's playing McKinnon and banking on some receiving touchdowns, it sounds like. He just, I think he's really just scratching and clawing for answers at that position. Yeah. Absolutely. He just needs production from his running back spots. Uh, Dalvin Cook and, you know, McKinnon, you don't love seeing that, but at least it's bodies that are going to get touches. So I guess it could be worse. Um, Diggs and AJ Brown, they should be their normal selves. Uh, learning that Mike Williams is out for the year with the torn ACL, man, that just puts a big damper on Steven's lineup. I mean, who does, let's see who he's playing I mean, instead. That, you know, yeah. you got Mike, Mike Thomas in there, Michael Thomas. It just it's limits just his not, upside. It just really limits it does. his upside. It really does. And yeah, so you, you don't love seeing that. He also is playing Evan Ingram over George Kittle, which I thought was interesting. Uh, George Kittle had a pretty good game last week. So some tough lineup decisions there as well. Um, yeah, I think Steven just bottom line is going to really miss badly that Herbert Williams stack that mm-hmm. just looked so promising in week two Absolutely. and looked like he was set up for success for the rest of this year and just as quickly got taken away. Um, I still like stretch, I think, to win this game. He still has more reliable options up and down the lineup. Steven, in my opinion, is just too volatile week to week uh, to confidently say he can beat Stretch, which is the cream of the crop in the Qdoba division. So I like Stretch to go to 4-0, and Steven will go to 2-2. Two two. Yeah, I like Stretch going to 4-0 as well. Honestly, I don't even really see, and this, this quote's probably going to come back to bite me, but I don't really see how Sleeper has this as a 50-50. Um, I'm, I, any team with Jarek McKinnon and Dalvin Cook as your starting running backs going up against an undefeated team. I know you got Stephon Diggs and AJ Brown who had a big week last week, but uh, I I think Stretch wins this one. I'm not going to say easily, but uh, I'd be shocked if he loses. Let's just say that. And I think Tim agrees with us as well. He is rolling Stretch as well. That's a clean sweep there. Um, and we're just going to give some bulletin board material here for, for Steven going forward. Um, just a little, a little note. If, if stretch wins this week, he goes to four. No, he plays Zach next week. So he'll probably go to five and oh, but then the Cadoba Chipotle classic for stretch, man. Whoo. He plays me, Anthony, Aaron three weeks in a row. Week, uh, week That's five a through seven. Yeah. That's a gauntlet or six yep. through eight. Sorry. Man, that's tough. So, yeah, stretch. And just, that's when bye weeks start. Yep, yep. And that's, you know, he doesn't have the best depth. So, you know, we'll see how that correlates. That is your week four preview. Like I said, we're in the dog days now, baby. This is where you just got to start setting the optimal lineup for your opponent. Names don't matter anymore. You just got to kind of start playing whoever um, is best belongs in your lineup for that week let's go ahead and get out of here broncos country let's ride www.thisleaguepod.com is where you could go to get all the latest fun um lineups trades waiver moves all of that good stuff to keep track like you're a member of the league and as always give us a good rating comment share us with your friends and as always just curb stop the like button baby just 
totally Smash aggressive, it just crush it, destroy it, freaking bulldoze it. Uh, what's that? The Rock move, the People's Elbow, that like button, Hulk Hogan, whatever his thing is. I don't, I don't know. From the top rope down, Here we just go. hit it with the elbow. I'm trying to sub in for Tim. Hopefully, like I'm doing a good job. Or some, as somebody would say, you could just click it as well. Click the like button. You could. It helps us you out. Could do that. Helps us yep. out a ton, Aaron. Thanks for hanging with me this week, man. Love talking fantasy football with you. It's a good show. It's a good show. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Enjoy it. Good luck to everyone in the league. Absolutely. And as always, go on get. Just me and you, just me and you. Taking the world. Can I uh, hold us down? Dude, Dude, clean clean rap Will Smith is undefeated. Dude, that's like some baby-making music right there. (laughs) That was sick. That's the vibe I'm going for, Aaron. This this league pod.